Hello and welcome to another uh, Talking Bollocks special. My name is Howard H. Smith. I am erstwhile vocalist with rebooted UK thrashers Acid Rain, acidrain.co.uk. That's rain spelled R-E-I-G-N, kids. Um, and I, you, you can find us at you can find me at Talking Bollocks. Um, uh, I've also been doing stand up for many many years, stand up comedy that is. So anybody who hasn't listened to a Talking Bollocks episode before, um, that is why I um, make many attempts to be funny um, and sometimes sometimes come across as a complete and total arsehole. So there you go. It's all in the name of humour. I promise you and me being an arsehole. But anyway, welcome. Thank you for stopping by. Thanks for uh, for coming by to listen to um, myself and three Slayer experts pay homage to the masterpiece that is Raining Blood. Um, you will have no doubt read all of the gubbins that goes with the podcast. So there's no need for me to introduce everybody who's on it. Um, and I am going to get, get straight on with things and let's crack on um, with the um, said special. One thing I, uh, one thing I want to flag up is... Um, Towards the end, um, on a whim, I had an idea that we try across... This is basically we had um, an American in Ireland, an American in America, uh, and then two Englishmen in England. So basically we had... um, uh, Well, we had uh, two nationalities uh, across three countries. So it was, you know, quite impressive. But... um, I thought it might be an idea for us to do an a cappella version of Rain in Blood, as in all go. Well, um, we did it. It was one of the worst things you could ever ever hear, but it was it was a real laugh. We thought it was a real laugh, but my um, my laptop must have some sort of um, taste setting, or rather good taste setting, because it decided to not record it. So you will get the lead up to it. I'm just letting you know now that you may be disappointed slash um, very happy that, um, that it didn't record. Um, for the most part of this special, not a problem. Towards the end, for some reason, um, I kept getting dropouts. So my apologies. I've tried to tidy the whole thing up, um, and uh, and so and hope you don't notice. But um, so if, if if there are just some to be tangents occasionally that for no reason, that's why that's not be any fault of the uh, of the people involved. Um, and also at the beginning, um, we, we we had to start without DX because we were waiting for him to update his Skype so he could join the um, the group call, which he does as I'm sure you'll notice in his own usual perfect perfect timing and they also must give a big thanks to him as well because this whole thing was dx's idea it was not mine it was his idea then i i decided to have do it as like a live panel um i think it worked well and and i hope to do more of these um let me know your thoughts and feelings at talking bollocks with a z instead of an s on twitter also on the facebook page so come along um interact join the fun join the family um and here it is here is uh, Myself, Godless of the Metal Sucks podcast, um, Joel McIver, writer extraordinaire, and DX Ferris, Slayer expert extraordinaire, um, and this is our Rain and Blood special. Let us commence. I am now recording, so um, you're on the record, folks. Um, So, with me um, at present is, um, (coughs) excuse me, uh, Slayer writer expert, um, amateur comedian, and uh, writer of the Harry Potter series, although he tells me, um, Joel McIver. Joel, welcome to this uh, special podcast. Oh, thank you very much for having me on. I, I loved your work in uh, Reanimator. 
it's, uh, yeah, yeah, th- th- thank you very much. It was um, uh, they are one of my favourite bands. So um, yeah, uh, th- thanks for that, you bastard. Um, so my other guest is uh, a friend to the show, uh, friend to the stars, annoyer of uh, bands um, from the Metal Sucks podcast. The famous pooper of his own pants, it's Godless. Hey. Hello uh, there. It's so glad to be here. I'm no problem. Thanks. No problem. Otherwise known as the king of letting you in on more than you want to know about him. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, so, so guys, um, lovely, to, uh, lovely to have you on. Uh, we've got DX Ferris um, trying to join us. He's updating Skype at present to, so he can actually join us. Hello. Um, he's there. Oh, perfect. Hey. Perfect timing. America calling. (laughs) Uh oh. This is an international Slayer roundtable. This is amazing. It It, it is. It's the weird thing is we've got we've got an American in Ireland. We've got an America in America. uh, America in America. An American in America. We've got uh, and then and then we've got Joel and me, sort of West Londonish. You're you're sort of Wickham way, aren't you, Joel? I'm out in the shires, mate. There's a lot of people here with only one eye in the middle of their foreheads. Really, really. Well, I, I, I've heard you do like playing with the one eye, so we'll uh, we'll we'll, hey. we'll 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 leave it at that. I was just oh. I was just introducing everybody, and and fi- and finally, um, all the way from the states, joining us is uh, writer of uh, writer of um, two Slayer books, um, and that is uh, the wonderful DX Ferris. Hello, DX. Hello, pleasure to be back. It's it's great to have you. And um, are we rolling tape? I, we, I, I, what a quaint expression. Um, we uh, old. Yeah, yeah. See, I'm old enough to discuss this album. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. I, that's the sad thing. We all are. Um, so, guys, I, what, the first question I wanted to ask you, which is very, very basic. I mean, I you know I consider myself a bit of a, a, a kind of um, um, moderator of this of this panel of uh, crazy Slayer experts. Um, that doesn't include you, Godless. Um, <laughs> but um, I just wanted to say, guys, what what was your first experience of of Rain in Blood? How did you come to it? And I'd like to start with you, Joel. A friend of mine had Hello Waits on one side of a C60 cassette and Rain in Blood on the other. And I was familiar with Metallica. I enjoyed their work. And I thought, oh, nothing's going to get heavier or faster than Metallica. Admittedly, uh, the albums I had... The metallic arms I had were very heavy and fast because they were the first couple. Um, and then someone played me this Slayer stuff, and I thought, "This is this is it." I mean, I'm blown away. I could not stop listening to the stuff. Yeah. Um, I just thought it was amazing. I mean, I preferred Hello Waits at first, actually. And then, um, as How I, did I? Yeah, I mean, it still is an amazing record, right? Yeah. Um, but uh, Rain and Blood just started to edge it for me, and I listened and I listened and I listened. I had that thing later where I had a cassette with Rain and Blood on both sides, so you could flip it over. Um, so that was, that was when that happened, and I think that was probably in about 1987. Um, so a little while after it came out in the UK, not long actually. It was yeah. delayed out here, wasn't it? But uh, anyway, so that was me. It was. It was. I actually. Um. I got it. I got it on import. I got it in '86, and I got because I, I. I got into. Yeah. 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 Exactly. I am going to do that to you. I am going to one up you. Okay. Just because you've met the band and you're friends with them, yeah, doesn't mean you can't one up me. Uh, yeah, he's actually here now. We're about to pour a glass of Chardonnay. Uh, yeah, I bet you are, and then fucking eat a snake. Um, Gary's big on Chardonnay. <laughs> I, that's that's lovely. I love the dynamic of this deep, sexy voice just coming in and going, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, 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 motherfuckers, what's up? Um, 
So uh, DX, what was your um, what was your first experience of um, uh, of uh, Rain in Blood, and can you beat Joel and I? Well, Hell Awaits was my first uh, Slayer album. I got that when it was new. I read the review and thought, huh, this sounds interesting, and it was. And uh, yeah. I put it on, and I was bored as hell for about a minute because mm. the review I read made it sound like it was some kind of incredible high-speed thrash masterpiece. But I played the record, and it was just this slow grind for like a minute, just dun da 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 dun da 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 dun da 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 I thought, what the hell is this? I've been burned by another shitty record review. Who are the <laughs> fools who write this shit? Mm. And uh, once that kicked into uh, high gear and it started going fast, it, my life was never the same to the point where I'm still here talking about it to you. Yeah. So uh, I, I was a hell weights guy from that point. And um, I didn't know that Rain and Blood was coming. Like I knew that there was some kind of new record. But in those days, yeah, the news was always a few months old, if not the better part of a year. So one day we were on a school, we called them field trips in America. Uh, we were all going somewhere, and we were all on a big school bus. And some kid sort of zoomed up the middle of the aisle, and uh, he gave the bus driver a tape. And all of a sudden, in the middle of this school bus full of screaming loud uh, ninth graders, you heard this big, ah! <laughs> I, I recognize that. And how in the hell has this happened without my knowledge? Damn, Slayer's back, and I never knew. That's... But it was able to literally cut through the noise of 60 people and the whole bus kind of stopped and looked and what the hell is that? That That is utterly bizarre that you discovered Rain in Blood having already been into Hell Awaits, but you discovered it uh, that they'd got a new album out on, on a school bus. Yeah, it was very educational, very. And, and like Joel, I preferred Hell Awaits for a long time. It's such a different album that I didn't like Rain in Blood uh, for probably the better part of a year, if not longer. Right. Okay. Hello, it was more evil, wasn't it? Hello, it had something about it—that horrible, dark, frightening thing. Which Rain was a lot cleaner, wasn't it? And sort of. Uh, I, th I think. I think. The, I think the word. I think the word that sums it up is malevolent. You what know, a great word. Th there's something. There's a malevolence about Hell uh, about Hello Waits that yeah, that you kill just, again. Uh, you know. Necrophobic, probably the most over the top metal song ever. <laughs> necrophiliac, necrophobic is sorry, on Rain in Blood. Boom! Corrected the Slayer expert. Excellent. <laughs> moderator and fact, fact checker that's, that's yeah, yeah. moderator and full-on wanker um yeah um so godless um you finally how was yeah my reaction was almost completely opposite to the other two because same here uh, we're, same here yeah, we're gonna totally because, agree on this because my reaction was so i used to take my bicycle out to westland we used to call it wasteland michigan it just almost uh, like twice a week, just heading to this uh, uh, rock and metal themed record store called Rock of Ages. And then along the way, there would be all these used record stores and I would just pop into all of them, see what, what new they had just gotten. And uh, I popped into one and I decided I'm going to like check out the metal stuff. Right. So I bought on cassette Violence's Eternal Nightmare and Slayer's Hell Awaits. And um, I loved Eternal Nightmare, and I hated Hell Awaits. I was like, oh. I, I see the Slayer logo everywhere. All the, like, 
creepy, funny-looking guys that I want to be just like. They're the ones who listen to this and swear by this. What is it? And it it was just, it sounded like a demo, you know? It didn't sound like, you know, even Eternal Nightmare at that point had a certain amount of production quality that Hellweights yeah. just didn't have. And yeah, uh, so it, it was a, a, a little, I, I'm sure that when I got that tape was probably after Rain and Blood had already been released. But there was a local radio show, uh, the local high school radio station on Friday afternoons. Noons, uh, WSDP in Canton, Michigan, used to play um, uh, metal, and and the host Kim was playing uh, Angel of Death, and 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 that. And I was like, if that's Slayer, I like that again. So that was <laughs> that was it. It was raining blood, uh, and rain and blood to me was it was it. It was the gateway that Hellaways should have been for me, and there's not that much difference between those two albums. I don't. I wouldn't even say that the production is that much different. It's just a certain amount of confidence that uh, Slayer has in Rain and Blood, both in their songwriting and in their performance, that just isn't there with Hellaways. I feel. Yeah, Hellaways very much plays like a sort of dry run for Rain and Blood. I mean, they do a lot of similar things, and you hear a lot of uh, similarities, and some things, you know, darn near identical, like the uh, the double bass break that you hear a very early version of in uh, on Hello Waits. Yeah, and then there's spots there's spots on Hello Waits like in Crypts of Eternity where there's like a the the band stops and then starts up again, and it just sounds like it it sounds like a garage band you know that wasn't sure what to do with that spot you know by the time they get to rain and uh, rain and blood there's none of that you know everything is seamless and and really well thought out every single moment of that album well i i have to i have to say that um my experience with rain and blood i i, I got the, got the vinyl on import and um uh, yeah, I know. Yeah, I didn't wait. I didn't wait for it to be released over here, unlike some people. Um, but I, um, I, yeah, I did. I got it. Um, I got it uh, on import, and uh, and straight away the, it was it was cut so loud that it made my stylus jump, um, which led to it scratching, which led to me actually buying three copies. Um, uh, <laughs> that's which, how they get you. Absolutely, that's how they get you. Yeah, um, and I, I have to say, um, I, I thought. Uh, the something Godless said that uh, um, I was completely amazed by was the fact. I I mean I thought that what did it and what absolutely made the album was Rick Rubin's production. I think it absolutely it it, it just pissed all over Hellawaits and it was like it was the it was the bar had been raised because it was the first thrash album that had genuine I think world class wow jaw dropping production, um, and I I I was just utterly utterly consumed by that album um i did the same thing that joel did put it on both sides of a cassette i used to listen to it walking everywhere um mm. as a kid because as a kid you walk everywhere um and um I, I you know necrophobic um was just just absolutely blew me away you know it's just like it just took, completely took my face off and I loved the whole album. I loved it in, in, instantly and straight away, to be honest. I mean, I was, you know, consuming the big four um, every release that came out. But straight away, Rain and Blood went to the top of the pile. And uh, and some people may, you know, for me, when it comes to the big four, Rain and Blood is still top of the pile by a hair's breadth from Master of Puppets. I'm the same. It's very hard to call between those two records, isn't it? Um, Puppets has that whole sort of majestic feel, yeah. And uh, Rain has this kind of flying off the rails. 
a mad person will kill you sort of feel, but they're both equally amazing. Yeah, I mean, what yeah, I, I, sorry, oh, go ahead. I, I, I was going to say was what I loved about Rain and Blood, um, and, and th- songs like um, um, Post Mortem, um, where it, it it was just the kind of like Metallica was was amazing, and it was fast, and it was fucking you know fuck it all and fucking no regrets, Damage Incorporated, wow, what an anthem! But with it, 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 it there was something about Slayer where it sounded like it could just all go wrong any minute. That it could mm. just go off the rails and fucking hurt someone, and that is what that to this day I think just edges it for me is that is that that visceral quality to it that it that it seems to have above its you know above its peers. Yeah, maybe this is a suspect source to defer to, but in two thousand seven, Joe Gross from Spin Magazine, the Metal Foundry, uh, he called Rain and Blood the thrashiest thrash ever. <laughs> I I agree with that. I, th- I think he can't say it better. You know, my historically, I am a Slayer guy. I've always said that uh, Rain and Blood was maybe the better thrash album. And this year, I've I've rediscovered Metallica's Master of Puppets a little bit, and I've been listening to that a lot. And what I've been what I've taken to saying lately is that I think Rain and Blood is a slaughterhouse. And Master of Puppets is more of a cathedral, you know, yeah, along the same exactly. lines with what Joel was saying. I mean, Master of Puppets is a grander, broader, more musical album that functions in maybe the grand tradition of rock and shows how big and how expansive and how beautiful metal can be. Uh, and Rain and Blood is just the nasty bits, just the ugly stuff. It's all blood, <laughs> guts. And... Yeah. So Rain is a slaughterhouse, Master's a cathedral. Um, both of them get the job done. My, Master, you know, Master yeah. I think, might be a better rock album, but I think um, Rain and Blood, pure thrash, pure pedal to the metal. We can swear, can't we? <laughs> yeah. Pure motherfucking thrash. Oh, oh. Fucking. Say, say, yes, we can swear. I'll go say, say that again. Say that again. Pure motherfucking thrash. Excellent. Motherfucking I, I take because I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna copy that out and you and use that as a sting every every now and then because that sounds great. <laughs> it is amazing the way that Rain and Blood listening to it even now. It's a relentless record. There are yeah. There's no point on that thing. And this is you know Rick Rubin as much as the band itself. There's no point where they're giving Lombardo even a chance to breathe. The guys strapped in and just trying his damnedest to play as fast as he possibly can. There is and an intro to Criminally Insane, remember, where he has about 20 seconds of sort of mid-tempo yeah, beat. Of, of rest That's his yeah. to, to take a breath, isn't it? <laughs> Did yeah. you guys ever see them play it all the way through? Um, no. I, yes. yes, I saw that tour. I saw, I saw tour. it a couple of times. Oh, it's hilarious because Lombardo always plays faster live than, than the records anyway. And they powered through this thing, and they—I <laughs> think they did it all in about 24 minutes or something. And there is no break for the guy apart from the beginning of Criminally Insane. I loved it; it's great. Yeah, and there's not even like that, like you know, <laughs> we used to call it the cool part. You know, there's not like a cool part in the song where it, yeah. it really gets to that thrashy, slow. The pit can really get going type of thing. <laughs> it's just—it's just you know—it's just manic uh, from beginning to end, and. And there's no attempt whatsoever to compromise anything or any moment or any song on that album in order to, I don't know, even even satiate a metal audience at that point. It, yeah. it was it was completely and utterly at odds with everything else that was happening. And yet 
how the world took to it, I don't know. It's just the the they had the uh, the perfect amount of um, great songwriting. The way they bridged the album uh, with uh, you know Angel of Death and and Raining Blood, you know, is uh, as the the two bookends. It's the it's just perfect, you know. Absolutely, I think it's. I think it, what you're saying there is interesting. The album itself is just pig-headedly belligerent. It's like you know. It's like somebody is somebody knocking on your door who is not going to stop knocking until you let them in, and then when you do let them in, you're going to regret letting them in. You know, it, it, it's just it's a it's just yeah. It, well, you know, I couldn't put it any better. It's pure motherfucking thrash. It is. It's it's this. And and it's funny because it's like there's literally twenty seconds where you get a chance to go. Oh, they've sold out and and, and slow down, and then boom, off it goes again. Um, Joel, yeah, as as they did forever, you know, Slayer still yeah. this many years into their career, not a second where they're trying to go for a little bit of airplay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Joel, I, I have some views about that actually, Dave. I think around, I think Seasons in the Abyss, the song, is their attempt to get on the radio and get on MTV, and I think that's quite that's quite apparent, isn't it? That one song. Well, it did work with MTV. Yeah, I, I, I think um, I don't think it was. Um, I, I think it was more of a, a tribute to Judas Priest myself. Um, it was their attempt to get on get on MTV. I'm telling you, just that one song. <laughs> I'm not knocking it. it you know, it's it's still slick, <laughs> still pretty evil. Yes. Uh, Joel, Joel, you said that you saw that um, that Raining Blood tour twice, as did I. I mean, sorry, they're yeah. playing Raining Blood all the way through twice. I also saw the Raining Blood tour originally back in the mm. day. But um, uh, with, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, I was just throwing that in there because I thought I might have that on you as well. Um, <laughs> um, the, the two times you saw them do the, the set all the way through, was it at the Astoria? About a year between each two. Uh, the first time I saw it was the in 2004, and they did it for two nights at the Astoria, and I was there for the first night. I was there for the first night, and then they came back a year later. I was actually playing bass, because Tom asked me to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can, we, can we just call this a victory to me? Yeah, yeah, if it means that much to you, Joel, I'd love to have you back on the show sometime. So, so yes. <laughs> no, I did also see that. I saw it the following year as well, and it just destroyed me. And I, yeah. I won't go on about this too much, but back then I used to be a member of a Slayer news group. It's so tragic, isn't it? And uh, back then we, we I'm amazed always, um, you've got married. Well, yeah, we would get up, I would get up early in the morning and look at the posts on this news group. It's called Alt, Alt Music Slayer. And we would always complain, all the geeks on there, about how Slayer played all this modern stuff, um, sort of their latest, their latest albums. And they were ignoring the old, the old stuff. And then I remember going to see this show, and they played Rain and Blood all the way through, and there was no announcement it was going to happen. The first time they ever did it was in London, as, as H is saying in uh, the, the Astoria in 2004. I, I swear, when they went into Piece by Piece after uh, Angel of Death, I, I nearly passed out. And then when it went... Now, how, how did they do that? Did they do Angel for the encore or did they go straight into it? It was an extended encore. So they did about, I want to say, half an hour of the, of the normal stuff. Yeah. And then they went off for a minute and there was this kind of, oh, what the fuck is this? And then they went into Angel and I thought, okay, it's just, just Angel. Yes. And then they went piece by piece. And I knew for a fact, because I was such a geek, that they'd never played shit. piece by piece. Like, you've totally shit. Not since the 80s. You've totally and, reminded uh, me. I thought, yeah. oh, no, this is interesting. And then when they went into Necrophobic, I thought, this cannot be a coincidence. Yeah. And uh, for the next half hour, I'm telling you, I was going nuts. I, I didn't sleep for about five hours when I got home that night. And uh, <laughs> no, that was, that, was, that was by far the most intense gig I've ever seen. Joel, you're, no, they, you're absolutely Even in America, right. they did a very admirable job of not publicizing that. The publicist yeah. wouldn't confirm it for me until the very last minute. Yeah. And the way the show played out, they, they did Angel of Death last, as is their, their custom. Yeah. 
Yeah. And it looked like it was just a rumor at that point. They yeah. did Angel of Death and walked off stage, and I thought, oh, oh. <laughs> I told everybody they were playing the whole album, and now yeah. they're not. Yeah, yeah. But then they came back, and as you said, piece by piece, and then it just kept coming. I tell you what's interesting. Best encore ever. You, you guys may, may have a, a different answer to this, but I can't think of a band who played an album all the way through, live, before that. And after that, oh, yeah, that, yeah. Was, that was very, uh, very ahead of its time. You know, in high school, I used to sit there in my room listening to, you know, entire albums and fantasizing, wishing that they would. And that was probably the, the top among them, just wishing yeah. that I could hear that whole thing. That's, it was and a, it took uh, took the market a long time to catch up to that idea. Now it's yeah. it's pretty commonplace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I I actually um that 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 first sh- the first show at the Astoria, um, I took a I took a work friend along, um, who got friends. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, j- just the one, um, and um, he he was into a bit of punk and he was into his metal and he he knew who Slayer were, um. And I said, "Well, come along." And um, I just remember him at the at the. It, it, we kind of met up afterwards. He looked like he'd seen a ghost. You know, it was just absolutely drained. Um, and he just said it was like it, 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 that's what it was. What, what it must be like in the trenches and going to war. He just couldn't believe it. <laughs> there you go. It was just you know it was, it was an experience that was just. Completely, yeah. I, I drove home and he hardly said a word. Have you, um, Godless, you've been quiet for a while here. This is unnerving. Well, I miss the Astoria shows. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 okay. Well, you saw you saw them very recently, actually, and you. I know you're a big fan of um, of the lineup that you just saw. Yeah, the 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 Slexus lineup is fine. You know, it's it's one of those things where it's it's not the same. You know. It's it's and the big difference to me is actually is not Hanneman. I think Hanneman's strength is his songwriting, not yeah. necessarily his performance. Uh, I think that Gary Holt does an amazing job uh, replicating those solos and and replicating the tone. Uh, but it, the big difference is Lombardo on drums. I mean, it's uh, it's it's um, uh, what's his face is a machine. It it you know whereas uh, 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 Lombardo's an artist and. Um, you know, part of the joy of listening to Slayer to me has always been listening to this guy back there on the drum set who sounds like he could either go through the drum set or, or completely fall off his chair at any second. It just it, it's it adds to that sort of like tension to it. It's just the fact that it's a it's a little ahead of the beat. It's a little behind. It's a little ahead. It's a little it's all over the place sometimes. It's ju- but it's just so incredibly fast and and um uh and almost almost tenuous if that makes sense at that speed. Whereas uh oh can someone help me what's the, what's the name of the guy who's playing Bostaff. Bostaff, uh, yeah. Bostaff is he's just He's precise. You know, there is no doubt that the guy is going to hit the exact mark at the in the next verse without question. The guy hasn't dropped a drumstick in 30 years. But Lombardo, you know, th- that drumstick could just fly right through the lights. You know, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's what it sounds like. All right. That's right. I like the new lineup too. I think it's great. I've, I've always thought that uh, Gary Holt was the perfect man to replace Jeff uh, temporarily at first and then permanently as it happened. Um, right, that was that was the only. Yeah. I think there was just one answer to that on the world in the whole world, and I, I think it seemed like it was an impossible thing at the time. I certainly didn't think Holt, but when they said Gary Holt will do it, there you go. 
I um, interviewed Kerry uh, right before Gary was announced, and I laughingly said, right, as a joke, is it true you're um, going to invite Dave Mustaine to, uh, to join Slayer? And uh, he didn't laugh, and I said, by the way, that was a joke. And, he, and we kind of laughed, and he did laugh after a while. And I said, aren't yeah, you I used kidding. to that reaction by now, He said, I, I have no problem. I would ask him, you know. And he said, no, I, I wasn't kidding. I, yeah, I'd certainly ask him. And we kind of, I, I had a moment there. Like, wow, that, that would have been, uh, okay. yeah, it was, it was just a moment of bullshit between us, but it was funny. You know, we were kind of joking. <laughs> I think there might have been a... It wasn't a complete joke, and you know, I would I would have liked to have seen that. Anyway, there you go. Yeah, I think I think um, I think Mustaine and anybody but Megadeth would be just a car crash. But there you go. Um, <clears throat> it, it's um, I mean I, I, go, I mean uh, going back to Raining Blood, which sounds a bit strange. Um, it's um, it's an album for me that that as I'm sure the reason we're all sat here and we're all talking about it is the amazing the amazing impact it had at the time, but the the legacy as well. But also you know what gets forgotten now is it was a fucking hell of a controversial album because angel of death is mm. about nazi war experiments and you know it, it was to the extent that you know um sort of fair weather heavy metal fans like joel were only able to be able to get it years <laughs> later when it was when it was available on import after london records had agreed to but some hardcore people bought you know bought the import um but then, um, it, it, you know, but seriously, in all seriousness, it, you know, there were labels were queuing up to not release it. You know, it was it wasn't the kind of controversy that anybody could see an upside to because it was that, you know, it, it, it was Nazi war experiments. You know, there's no there's no oh, we might sell a few albums on the back of this. Well, there wasn't back then. Now there'd be people queuing up to release it. But um, it was it, that whole controversy just tends to get forgotten. Are we agreed on that? Was it, more, was it more in America than here, do you think? Because I don't remember it being that much of an issue in, in Britain. Well, it was. That's why the album took so long to come out over here. Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, I don't remember reading Kerrang and people saying, "Oh, this is terrible." And whoa, whoa, whoa. you know, I, I know the controversy existed. I was just wondering where it was mostly. I, I I do tend to agree. I think Kerrang tended to report on the controversy that was happening in the states, which meant it kind of felt like yeah. it was sort of it was coming over here as well. So, well, did, let's ask the Americans. Did they witness any of this stuff? Did you guys uh, witness any, you know, people wagging their fingers and saying, "Oh, Slayer is bad." I did not at the time, but I, I know it was it was happening. Just the uh, the media coverage was not as not sophisticated enough that uh, yeah, yeah. it was getting out there that quickly. Nineteen eighty six was the year of the PMRC ratings yeah, yeah. or the PMRC hearings, and oh, Slayer fuck. somehow managed to uh, avoid the worst of that. So yeah. so it was definitely controversial. It held up its uh, its release. You know, it kind of cost them a distribution deal at a certain not not exactly, but it. it complicated their relationship with their distribution yeah i never but i mean it, it, it is certainly the kind of thing that has dogged them since you know it has never entirely gone away yeah mm. i never recalled there being controversy about the um the nazi war crimes uh in angel of death i just remember the controversy being the fact that slayer were at that point, the most satanic band in the world, you know, yeah. there was just the, the album artwork and, and, you know, and then later on South of Heaven, you know, sort of implying all of this um, uh, uh, extremely evil imagery, both lyrically and in their art. And um, and that's what I remember, you know, being most freaked out. What, what I loved about it was like, you know, you go to mom and go, 
you know, can I buy this Judas Priest album? Judas Priest, no way. Well, how about the Slayer album? You can have that Judas Priest album. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's how that worked, you know. Well, look, funnily enough, um, I, I think the the controversy there was more controversy amongst me and my friends and the fact that that that, that Rain and Blood was on a fucking rap label. Yeah, you know? I remember that. That it, that it was because that, yeah, that's that that's that that is I think that tells you the difference between that that's the difference between the states and the UK right there. It's like well, it, that, I mean that was certainly uh, it may give everybody a certain level of trepidation going into it, but once you heard the album, it was clear that uh, no no uh, no big beats on this. Yeah, yeah, but oh, but in the in the UK, it's like oh, there's a song about Nazis. So what? They're on a rap label. That is fucking disgraceful. <laughs> I remember it well. When was it distributed over here? Was it London or London Records? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was London Records. Um, who were the only people that would touch it? It came out a good six months after it came out. The weird thing is, though, that um, it, it it kind of Slayer it, um, then became uh, the first thrash band to to play the UK and tour an album that wasn't available in the UK. Because when I went to see, I went to see them on the Rain and Blood tour. The album was still only available on import, um, but it was sold out. And you know that was that was the power of that record. Mm. I know people listening now, people who grew up with the internet and people who've grown up with how easy music is to get hold of, that won't mean anything. But the fact that you couldn't, you, you know, their album just wasn't available in this country. You had to go to specialist shops and get an import copy. Um, and yet they still sold out a UK tour. That's just insane. Amazing, really. I managed to get. Dave might have seen these too. When I did my Slayer book, I got hold of the um, the like uh, <clears throat> invoice details <laughs> for what they were paid at uh, when they did their London show, and it has all the rundowns of the uh, of the stage cost and however much they were paid at the end of the night. And it really wasn't very much. I can't remember how much it was, but it was pretty pathetic. Um, so they did sell out that tour, but I think they were on the breadline completely for, for a long, long time. Well, yeah, this, this album and even even uh, South of Heaven uh, did not launch them into, I don't want to say superstar status because they were instant metal gods, but they, they did not leapfrog into arenas the way we might reasonably assume they might have. That wasn't until the Clash of the Titans, right? That, that was when Yeah, that was the first time they were consistently in those bigger ones and uh, they had a lot of help on that one. Yeah, but that, because that's Season of the Abyss and then when they did the Decade of Aggression live recording, that was in... Uh, in uh, several arenas, I believe, right? Uh, London, London, and um, somewhere in America land. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've just whilst you guys have been talking, I've just been out into my hallway to look at my wall of tickets, and um, it was the twentieth of April, nineteen eighty-seven, when they did when I saw them at the Manchester Apollo on the Rain and Blood tour, um, and. Um, I, I, I just remember, you know, I'd seen stage diving before. I'd never seen stage diving like that before. Um, but one of my abiding memories of that night is, funnily enough, is not Slayer. It's actually Malice being covered in spit. Um, <laughs> because cause for some, some reason, someone thought putting Malice on supporting Slayer was a good idea. Such a shit idea. And and as and basically they got gobbed on for forty five minutes. It mm. was just inhuman. It was it was it was a fucking Olympic sport that night. It was just <laughs> DX. were just horrible back then. We we really were. Yes. We? I, 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 <laughs> well, DX, you write about Danzig opening for Slayer. Uh, what in eighty eight? I think it was. Yeah, the South of Heaven tour. 
Yeah, nobody a, was into them. Yeah. <laughs> not that nobody was into them, but I, I, opening up for Slayer is usually a losing deal. I think uh, Mastodon is one of maybe half a dozen tops bands that have ever been able to uh, to keep Slayer fans politely engaged. We'll say. <laughs> The, the thought, Danzig, the thought Danzig, of... Um, Danzig also supported Metallica, I think, over here. And I want to say 88. It was definitely just this year. Maybe it was 89. But they definitely went down well here. People, that, that was their audience, I think. Metallica's audience liked Danzig a lot. The thought, the yeah, thought and there's a huge of, fan of theirs, I mean, to look back at this. You know, what I think is a, a classic band in their prime to open up for Slayer and just be booed roundly. Right, yeah. Uh, yeah. What does it take? Well, there, there's no, no doing that. If Slayer's your thing and that's who you're there to see... That's what people want, period. It's funny how they were seen as such. I mean, it, if you think about the most extreme music now, it, 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 it makes Slayer look tame. You know, Kerry yeah. said himself, if Rain and Blood came out nowadays, no one would give a crap because it's really not that extreme. But uh, it's kind of hard to uh, explain that to people who are half our age because it's a completely different environment. Well, I guess it's like people trying to explain to me how Kiss are actually any good. Ah, come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't get Kiss either. I saw them in '88, and I'm like, ah. I think you just, I think you need to be 50 plus to, to, to have understood. Oh, I do. oh, I just do. oh! Someone, I, someone's just punched Godless in the balls there. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, if, I think if you saw Kiss in 1978, you, you would probably have been blown away. But we didn't because we were too young. Well, I, I. I had a, um, I had a, um, a ch- I had a discussion slash argument with Brian Slagle on, um, on my. Uh, funnily enough, to um, tonight's edition of the podcast, the uh, the uh, September edition has just been released tonight, and um, uh, and I had this argument with him, and he was basically saying that no, 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 they were really good back then. You had to be old. So Godless, tell us what what, what happened. How the hell do you like them? Well, we're going to have to have a special Kiss tribute episode, I think, to be able no, to... No, we're that. fucking not! H <laughs> does like the special Kiss. <laughs> Only from you, honey. But 1986 is interesting, because, you know, you look at, like... If you were to, like, to make a list of, like, the top ten greatest metal albums of all time, number one and number two are Master of Puppets and Rain and Blood, and then or- you've got... You've got you know, other albums that could be in the discussion for the top 10 peace cells could be in the discussion. Um, uh, I don't know if I'd say ultimate sin, but I mean, that was Ozzy's best record, you know, pleasure to kill somewhere in time. I mean, those are all like in the same year, which is amazing. Nuts. Yeah. I've often thought 86 was the great year, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, metal was still establishing itself. You could still do something new at that point. There was still yeah. ground to be broken. And I'm not saying there's not now, but nobody's really doing that. I don't think there is now. I think I'll come right out and say it. I think it's been done. You know, you can be progressive, and I love all the prog metal that's around now, but that's just prog rock that's metal. So I, I think there's a point to what you're saying. It, it could all be really done back then. There was no death metal in 1986, not really. All that was still ahead. All the grindcore was still ahead. Yep. But now I, I think it has been done. So uh, not to bring the conversation down, but, uh, you know. <laughs> Joel, you, you read all the time or hear all the time about the, you know, the great, like, um, uh, rivalry between Beatles and the Beach Boys where they would go album for album trying to outdo each other. Yeah. Has there ever been that kind of relationship between Metallica and Slayer? It seems like there should have been, but I don't ever get the sense of that from their albums. So literally in the first uh, months of each band's existence in the Killamore, 
Stonewall and uh, Shona Mercy era, they used to slag each other in the press, um, quite majorly, actually. Uh, and, and none of it really is, is now available online, but if you go back to those magazines, you'll see it. Uh, Lars and Dave used to slag each other off. You guys must have seen that really cool book by uh, Brian Liu and Harold O, The uh, Murder in the Front Row. Yeah, I've got, I've got that, yeah. There's, yeah, it's amazing. There's a, there's a picture in there, which is Brian introducing Metallica to Slayer. And uh, they have a few beers and they kind of do a kind of awkward heavy metal brothers pose. And Brian writes in the thing, they hadn't met each other before, but they had really slagged each other off in, in the fanzines. I say in the press, it was just fanzines. So there was that. But I don't think it ever went any further, um, largely because Metallica pulled away, pulled away fairly fast. But um, so there was only that. There wasn't like you know, it didn't go any further than that. But um, that was quite interesting. I, I, there's some crazy, crazy stories there. You want to speak to Brian and Howard actually sometime on your podcast, Howard? They're, they're amazing, those two. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get you know anybody will say yes. Frankly, I mean, look at you three. <laughs> uh, uh, um... <laughs> Well, I thought we were getting paid a lot of money for this. That's what I understood. Yes, Joel. Yes, Joel. You're getting the 50p we discussed. I know that's a lot of money for you. <laughs> it's a recession. Anything great, gratefully received. Yeah. But rain and, rain and Blood doesn't sound to me like it's a response to Masters of a Master of Puppets in any way. No. No, I mean, they, they were working at about the same time. I mean, Master came out about six months earlier, but, you know, I, I think they were working... Same time, same place, basically. Well, Dave, you would know this because you, you wrote that great book about the album. Did Ruben encourage them to speed up and, and go heavy and fast? Was it him? It, I, I don't think he encouraged them, but it was almost uh, an athletic aspect of their performance. Yeah. You know, one of the, the amazing things, you know, one of the big misconceptions that that I cleared up or that I had about the album going into writing a book was that I always credited Rick Rubin for being the influence on rain and blood being so lean and mean yeah. because you know if you look at hell awaits that's seven songs in what 45 47 minutes and then rain and blood is 10 songs in 28 29 minutes yeah. and i always credited that to rick rubin who is such a uh, master songsmith he's really a pop guy yeah. uh you know despite his broad uh, resume he really knows about song craft and i always contributed or i always attributed that to rubin but as it turns out, they had written the music, you know, not the lyrics, but they'd written the music for the entire album before. And when they met him, it was running about 33 minutes. And then as they got into the studio and practiced it and practiced it, it just, you know, um, like being an athletic event, they just kept going faster and faster. Like the Ramones back in the day, the more they played it, the faster it got. And by the time it was done, 28 minutes, bam. Ah. But no, that was not Ruben. It just kind of happened. Piece by Piece had a bass intro, didn't it? Which they took off. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's one of the the, the few significant differences between the uh, the demos and the uh, finished the finished version. Uh, yes. You know that album very much. Uh, it arrived almost fully formed. I remember when Amazing. they um I remember when they released Cri Criminally Insane as a single as well, but they they did they did the remix where the whole song was the was the slow beat at the beginning, and they were saying that basically sure. you know this is this is what you know that it was a kind of nodding towards what South of Heaven was going to sound like. Mm, I'm not sure I buy that. I think they were doing that because they wanted to get some airplay, but um, I don't know. I've heard that version. It's on that. The uh, box set, isn't it? It's terrible. And, uh, it's yeah, terrible. It's there. It's on the uh, the CD reissue that has the two extra songs. It has yeah, that, it's that's it's it's yeah. 
No, it's crap. It came over here in a blood pack, didn't it, Howard? It did. Mm. It did. I, I had that blood pack, indeed. Oh, I get the one for Seasons in the Abyss. So, yeah. But let's face it, if it comes to, if it comes to like packs, uh, just to give violence another nod, you can't beat the vomit bag that they released over here for a, for a 10-inch single, and it came in a vomit bag. I mean, how fucking cool is that? Those were the days. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm getting all misty-eyed for, uh, for vomit bags. Yeah, you can't download a vomit bag. <laughs> exactly. That's how you sell records, kids. I tell you, I tell you what, though. I, you, you, when you see one of those vomit bags like 15, 20 years later, they are even more disgusting. Yeah, the stuff's all dried out, isn't it? It's yeah. Yeah, it's basically it's just yeah, it's it's the whole thing's just <laughs> completely fucked. Um, so who who do you guys think who has held up better, Slayer or Metallica? Oh, I don't think there's any question that Slayer's held up better. I think the fact that they, you know, both bands did this real interesting twist where they tried to expose their influences, you know, with uh, uh, Metallica doing Garage Days and then re revisited, but then. You know, with uh, with Slayer, it was you know their 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 punk album, and oh, to me, it's it's Sorry. a terrible album, but it's a really interesting no, thing to, to listen to in that it's it's like this is these are the bones <laughs> of those early Slayer recordings, all Slayer uh. recordings. This is the bones exposed, which to me was sort of like, oh, now I get it. Now I get how we we got from Judas Priest and and you know all that early metal stuff to Slayer. This is the stuff that th- that part of the the soup that I hadn't uh, uh, you know uh, uh, sort of figured out. So DX, yeah, I mean, DX, you were saying that uh... played with uh, he's recorded with suicidal tendencies. I just saw him perform with the Misfits, which was fucking amazing oh my god but that's a whole other subject uh but lombardo now has played with a couple of the biggest punk bands that ever were and that stuff is uh part of his dna i tell you what going back to the question about who's lasted better which band uh if i were asked to choose to listen to kill them all or show no mercy every single time i would kill them all all. kill them all never really thought never really thought that much of show no mercy unfortunately and but and kill them all's just packed full of classics right uh, so I think there's something to be said there. I think Slayer didn't really come into their own until the EPs. That's that's my view. Well, no, I I, I agree, but also I think that um, I think that uh, Show No Mercy. There's for me there's there's one really good quality song on it, and that's um, Black Black Magic, which hints at what what's to come from Slayer. Um, Cryogenics yeah, okay. Cryogenics is is not a bad song or, either because there's some nice time changes in it. But I think. Um, I take your point there de- very definitely, Joel, about comparing those two albums. Um, but I, I also feel, and funnily enough, um, in um, in Acid Rain, our guitarist Paul is a massive Metallica fan. And he's also a, a Slayer fan. But he always says that of the big four, Slayer are the ACDC of, of Thrash. Basically... They found their they found their thing and they stuck to it and they just found different ways of doing the same thing. Whereas Metallica have taken risks and expanding their sound. Now you could say sold out, but whatever it is, that they, they, they have tried different stuff. And people would say, well, artistically that is braver than keep doing the same thing. But other other people would say that integrity is 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 sticking to your guns and doing this and keep doing the same thing so there's there's schools of thought for both and i'm not sure where i am on either of those 
Yeah, I, th- I think what has been missing, you know, to get back to the unduly maligned Undisputed album, Undisputed Attitude album, which is fucking amazing. Awesome, like, awesome. And, um, and, the, and, the, and the final fucking song on it, one of the best Slayer songs ever that hardly ever gets played. Gemini? Yeah. No, you're wrong about that as well. Oh, <laughs> bullshit. Bullsh- I call bullshit on no, your I, I'm I wrong. What, what's missing from Slayer in recent years is that element of punkness. You know, I think for the past couple, few albums, they've been stuck in the Judas Priest sort of mid-tempo mode. Yeah, And to yeah. me, the Slayer is always at their best when they go up over that. I forget the beat count exactly, but you know, nothing on the last few albums has been as fast as angel of death um and that i think is what's missing you know slayer and judas priest mode just kind of going down the middle of the road with two guitars never as interesting to me you know as as uh, godless alluded to i think you need that punk influence or that punk element to really understand where they're coming from and to make them be fully them i believe Mm. yeah Uh, yeah no, but consistent, you know, they keep, for better or worse, they keep making the same record, which is why that, uh, you know, maybe people will receive the new albums a little bit more tepidly, perhaps, you know, I, I use the example all the time, I think when you go back and look at the Ramones later stuff that nobody was excited about very much, Yeah, that sounds pretty good 20, 30 years later, but at the time people just thought, eh, more of the same, more Ramones, okay, we get it. I think Slayer, it's so good, it's easy yeah. to take them for granted, almost. Yeah, those last few Motorhead records, I, I enjoyed them, but they were very similar, you know? The the ones they did in the last decade with uh, the producer Cameron Webb. They sounded good, but they did sound very much the same. I think if you were going to do an ACDC of Thrash, for me it would be a band like Sodom, which literally <laughs> never changes its approach, right? I mean, I hear every one of those albums. Or you could say the new Sepultura, the last few Sepultura, that... These are bands that just literally do not do not change anything. I think Slayer have a few changes, you know. Even on uh, probably the not the last last two albums. I think the last time they messed around did something a bit more interesting was on um, Christ Illusion when they had a few blast beats and a few interesting little bits here and there. Yeah, I, I'm yeah, a- and I I didn't like. Uh, God hates us all for the better part of ten years. Loved so, it. Loved it. You're, you're wrong about that, DX. I was surprised, but what an interesting album I found that to be. Derek. It's a great in, album. In terms of Slayer, it's very experimental and different. I love. I love God, God hates us all. I think it's a great album. I think it's a great live DVD. War at the Warfield with Bostaff in his, in his pub. You know, and and I think I think God hates us all is great. The the one album I cannot fucking stand. Well, no, actually. Yeah. Divine intervention, I find very difficult, but uh, but um, Christ delusion, I just fucking hate it. I mean, hasn't that record got Psychopathy Red on it, or is that um, yes, the one it, after? Yeah, Psychopathy no, Red, no, the best songs they did in years. No, but no, maybe that's on World Painted Blood. Actually, I can't. It is. It's on World Painted Blood. Yeah. I tell you what, Cult is on Christ delusion, right? That's a good song. Yes. Great song. Uh, uh, yes, but you know, I, you know, and on also, um, oh, what's the what's the killer song on every album? What's the te- what's the terrorism song? I'm trying to remember what it's called. Jihad, Jihad. That's Jihad. A, that. I mean, that is that's a great tune as well. That's fucking insane. Only only Lombardo could come up with the absolute nuts drums that is being. Oh, has somebody just fallen over? That was me. <laughs> it's it's funny when whenever I go to a Slayer show, I get the feeling that the people that are standing next to me, the people that are in front of me, everybody in that theater, we all agree on 
what are the best Slayer moments, right? We all are, you know, when they, you know, kick in with Angel of Death, you, we, we're, we're all on board, right? But yeah. with Metallica, yeah. it's always felt to me like, I'm worried that I'm going to get that. <laughs> my ticket <laughs> is going to be sitting next to somebody who thinks the Black Album's yeah. pretty good. You know, right. or, or and then on to my left is somebody just hoping they play their Bob Seger cover, you know, and it's like, what? The, you know, it, there's a number of sort of different audiences for Metallica that, you know, in a way is a tribute to their uh, willingness to experiment. You know, granted, not too many people are, you know, showing up hoping they play Lulu in its entirety. But, you know, it's it's. There's there is that with Slayer, the best of the best. We all know what that is, and we're all on board for that. You know, yeah, yeah. 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 You can say the same about Anthrax and Megadeth, right? Everyone knows what the key albums are. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah I, I I agree. Although I have to say that um, uh, For All Kings is a is a fantastic um, Anthrax album, and uh, and Fight Until You Can't is is one of the best thrash songs um, I think of the last decade. Um, you know, I still have my Anthrax patch from back in the day, the Spreading the Disease one. That's yeah, when I yeah. throw on my metal jacket. Uh, that's what I have. I don't get those last couple of Anthrax albums. Uh, you know, I don't, uh, uh, people I, I, seem to like them. Uh, I'm not sure why. Ser- I, I don't get them at all. I, I play them and I go, what am I missing here? People love yeah, like, it. Rocking out was never what Anthrax did well. <laughs> Exactly. Well, yeah. I, 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 one thing that you have reminded me of, though, whilst talking about while, while I was talking about back in the day and all the rest of it, um, I don't know if you'll remember this, Joel. Pro- probably not. Um, that uh, spreading the disease and Master of Puppets came out on the same day on the same label. No, I didn't know that. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah, in the UK. Yeah. yeah, in the UK, they both came out on Music for Nations on the same day. I was working in a record shop on the Monday they arrived. I should have been at school, but I was working in a record shop. Um, so yeah, that was yeah, one of my life decisions that has come back to kick me in the ass later in later in life. Um, but, uh, that's why I'm sat here talking to you guys. Um, pretty good day in British metal history, then. Oh, fucking amazing! I mean, you know, those. That, it's like I went home and it was like playing the two. It was like rationing between the, you know, between the two, yeah. and you yeah. just drift between. Oh, fucking hell! I'm really like I'm, I'm you know, spreading the disease. It's got so much that's good about it. I mean, again, the production was superb then you've got master of puppets coming out again because bearing in mind spreading the disease was following up to, was following a follow-up to um a pretty fucking dreadful fistful of metal yeah yeah you know and so none of us and, and of course you know no, but yeah but, but remember re- remember back in the day as as dx pointed out you know you you didn't know what was going on out in the world you know you didn't know whose albums were out and stuff like that so when when spread the disease came out and and it was like, oh, let's put this on, give them a chance, bless them, that other album's okay. <clears throat> we put it on and everybody's going, what the fuck is this? It's amazing. Gun Hulk. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's like, my God, that's faster than that's faster than Damage Incorporated, which we thought was the fastest song ever. Yeah, I think actually Gun Ho might have the fastest picking speed of almost any of these songs on any of these albums, actually. Maybe Necrophobic... Um, accepted yeah i mean can you imagine seeing them play that in a small venue at that time fucking yeah. bonkers that must have been crazy i did not see them on that tour no, I mean, and i wish i had yeah well here one of the things that i that i will give slayer the nudge on i'm always big on superlatives you know what's the most what's the best yeah um, i think raining blood is the best thrash riff if not best metal riff i mean that's 
Which riff? Uh, Raining Blood. Da 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 da. Da da da. And I mean, Anthrax never wrote anything like that. Metallica wrote some great stuff, but there's not one Metallica moment that quite is that amazing and stand out. And uh, mm. that I, I think, if nothing, that's that is the great superlative best. Like thrash never got any better in some ways than that particular moment. I think it's the anticipation that comes with that moment, isn't it? When you hear it, you go, "Oh fuck, here we go!" And, I, uh, I also think the fast part that follows. I agree. I, I think agree. I think the breakdown riff in um, "Angel of Death" is also fucking mm. immense. That's... And the dueling solos after that, hilarious, so over the top. Yeah, but the thing is that the way the way that like you get that whole you get the whole riff that comes in and then they break it off and just go into that and it's just fucking insane. Funnily enough, um, I was at rehearsals yesterday and um, and we ended up for a laugh. Don't know how we ended up sort of seeing if we could stumble through Angel of Death. Uh, yes, I did the Tomariah scream and um, yes, it did hurt. Um, uh, and um, do you know what it? it, it it's just fucking immense to play still you know it's 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 just like there's something about that song where you just go christ it's yeah. you know there's there's some again come back to it there's some malevolence about that song shall we do uh, everyone's favorite song on the album ooh joel ooh, ooh exciting yeah well um yeah joel seeing as how well, it, i'm going to go i'm going to be controversial and go with reborn i think that song is amazing and it's deep, deep in the album. You know? <laughs> the, lyrics, the lyrics are just mental. Remember how I was saying about how you go to a Slayer show and everybody agrees on what the best <laughs> stuff is? Yeah, yeah. This is where all that's going to fall apart. Well, it's, no, it's, that. it's, it's, just, the, the, it's the tempo changes for me that are crazy. And um, that's, that's, the fact that towards the end of that song, it literally feels like it's falling apart. They're just about hanging on. So that's mine. That's that's great. Mine is ne- necrophobic because it, it because I am uh, short and fast, and so is that song. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it it just there was some there's something about that song. There's also an amazing snare fill um, at the end at the after the first <laughs> chorus, if you want to call it that. There's a snare fill to take it back into the verse, which is just fucking stupid. Um, and it, there was just something about the brutality of one minute and 28 seconds of just the unrelenting speed and power of that song. I fucking love it. If any, and it's great because it's like one and a half minutes. Somebody says, what a Slayer like? I've never heard Slayer before. Oh, could you explain Slayer? It's like, have you got a spare minute and a half? Listen, <laughs> listen to this. Job done. You're in or you're out. You know? So that's mine. David Godless, what the favorite song? You know, um, Raining Blood, of, I, I think, might even get, because of that electrifying moment, that riff yeah. and those drums, I think that might be the greatest thrash, if not metal song. Uh, Angel of Death, amazing, of course. Um, Raining Blood might be a better composition, but Postmortem was what really got a hook in me between yeah. not liking the album and liking it. Postmortem is just that unbearable tension. Yeah. Do you want to die? Yeah. yeah. Well, so that yeah. for for me that gets and I still find I've literally written a book about the album. I find it hard to, to articulate what I like about it. Slayer themselves didn't have much to say about it. Yeah. It's yeah. just awesome. So that that's mine, my personal favorite. Those other ones might be bigger landmarks in the metal landscape, but I'll take Postmortem. 
by the time that thing's done. It's got that perfect. It, it's the perfect intro. The, the 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 three flams that started off is is just the chilling to this day. And um, oh, it's it's perfect. And then you know, Angel of Death is just is is one of the great thrash songs in history. But like sort of my my uh, the the song that I think sort of bridges everything uh from the middle and sort of but postmortem has but yet it still has uh that 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 perfect chorus that that just you know keeps yeah. you on and way too many words for tom to sing comfortably as well yeah totally yeah. i always love that any band that did that like venom and um and uh creator and stuff where they kind of went, <laughs> trying to get the words out i always loved that that seemed very yeah it's one of the things i loved about hell awaits that <laughs> exactly ridiculous <yeah>. like <laughs> Halloween. <laughs> well, funnily enough, well, funnily enough, um, I I have been reminded. Keep up with itself, you know. Well, I've, I've yeah, yeah I, I've actually been reminded whilst you guys were talking that um, on in 1989, um, um, uh, Acid Rain toured with Nuclear Assault and Dark Angel, and we were doing we were doing Europe, and we um, we threw a cover version of Post Mortem into the set because we knew we were playing yeah. Europe, and nobody'd know who the fuck we were. Not much has changed, so. Um, uh, so we threw a, a cover version of Post Mortem in there, and um, it's it's not bad. It stands up. I mean, they're a dangerous band to try and cover, but you know, it used to get people going, and we did a passable job of it. But Joel has already hinted at the, for me the main fun of doing that cover version was I got I got to shout, "Do you want to die?" And <laughs> uh, that is just that was a childhood dream come true, and I was still a fucking child. So <laughs> Uh, Dark Angel, well, I, I mean, I, I spent a lot of time on the bus with Gene, and Gene, you know, was very much a case of, you know, he showed Dave how to do double bass. He used to crew for Dave, um, and um, I, I think it, he, he said it was like a, a couple of the band members were like, you know, could you, you show Dave what you do on the double pedal? Um, and, um, yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of history between those two bands. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dave on those early records, you know, especially on the uh, the demos and the bootlegs that came out after, he's still playing a single bass kit, and it gets to the point where what he's doing is completely ridiculous. Like he's mm. he's just so overworking the material or the uh, the equipment that he has. It's it's amazing. So yeah, he had to go to the double bass. It's amazing he never uh, he never got a third one. You know, <laughs> you can actually get quadruple beaters, can't you? To do to do four. Um, that I've seen here and there, but uh, no, even that that might have even then become a little bit ridiculous. Uh, well, I, look, I'm, I, one thing I think we all agree is that you know, uh, Rain in Blood is um, is without doubt still still the high watermark for thrash metal. It probably always will be. It's never. It's not going to be. You know, it's not going to be beaten now. Um, the, um, the 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 remastered version sounds like you know absolutely incredible as well. Um, just just polishing out a few little, just bringing it up to date. Um, sure, um, I could really hear any difference, to be honest with you. Oh, I mean, like, well, you I'm, know, I'm not surprised with you. Bit top I, end, maybe. I'm not, but, I mean, it was pretty. It was a pretty midi album anyway, wasn't it? Um, yeah, I think it's the bottom end that's added in the remaster that that, yeah, that yeah. makes it work for me. Um, yeah, one of the things I think makes it holds up, makes it hold up, is that it sounds like guys playing instruments. You know, unlike uh, a lot of the modern metal, it sounds like four guys in a room just kicking the shit out of it yeah 
Yeah, and do you know what? Something that we haven't talked about, which I must touch on before we uh, before we finish up, and that's the that was the other thing about Rain in Blood that was different and suddenly made me go, "Holy fuck, these guys are serious!" And that is, let's face it, the artwork on the first two Slayer albums not great. The artwork on Haunting the Chapel still not great. And oh, then no, no. Rain in Blood came out, and there was just this haunting fucking painting that still gives me the heebie-jeebies now. I'll agree with that, but I'll hear nothing said against the cover art of Hell Awaits. That is an insane piece of artwork, and I wish I had the original. That's all right. What the fuck? Yeah, it's, it's amazing. In, in my second Slayer book, I get the uh, the story behind that one. It, it was originally uh, the guy that did it, Albert Coyar. He just wanted the album cover to be all flames. He didn't even want to have those figures on it. Not that there's anything wrong with them. They're awesome. You know, they were, stolen, wanted it. Uh, they were stolen from a comic book, weren't they? Did you know that? Yeah, uh, Amoebus. Yeah, yeah, yeah I had no idea. I just found out the other day, and like, I was gutted because I loved the fact that they were... Uh, that, that I always thought they were an original thing by Albert, that guy Albert, but uh, apparently not. Yeah, he, he sees it as sampling of a sort. He didn't really want to do that, and he, he when they made him add figures to it he thought well I'll, I'll just kind of do something yeah not i don't want to say shitty but he thought well if i just slap these things on they'll see how out of place it is and the one yeah, yeah. all flames idea and whoops yeah. they did not and that created a little bit of awkwardness for him over the years uh, and have to explain how he had very much cribbed those but yeah i like the hell of weights that's vicious ugly scary fucking album art but this Rain and blood. I mean, that's that's a legit museum piece. It's and, twisted, uh, isn't it? It's yeah. like Picasso's Guernica. It's absolutely black as night and very intelligent as well. It's, it's you're absolutely right, Howard. It's an insane piece of art. And yeah, I mean, put him put it next to uh, you know a William Blake watercolor. Yeah, put it next yeah, to uh, yeah. you know a Stefan Lochner. You know, international gothic. It's there. Exactly. Is there a story behind? All right. So when you look at the Rain and Blood cover art. Above the word blood is a character that's sort of holding the the left, uh, you know, pole of the of the the, the um, stand for like Lucifer's uh, yeah. throne. Any idea where that character came from? What that's what that's from? We're all dialing it up now, aren't we? To look at it, right? Hold on. <laughs> no, right. I I talked. I interviewed Larry Carroll, and I was trying to get him because there are a few things on there that you know it, it looks. Clearly, like, there are a couple popes. You know, there's somebody on there that looks like Sir Thomas More. Yeah. Um, the, you know, you have the this, this saint that, uh, I forget which saint it was offhand, that uh, was crucified upside down with arrows in him. Yeah. So there are some references on there that seem to be direct historical, but he wouldn't comment particularly on any of those. He just wanted it to be its own independent piece of art. He wouldn't say, this is that guy, this is that. I'll have to email you guys. I, I've got a catalog that I, it must have come out after Rain and Blood did. And it was like, a, if I remember right, it was like a punk clothing uh, uh, catalog. And the model on the cover looked exactly like that dude. And I've still got it. I, I'm pretty sure I've kept it inside it my over. vinyl. Yeah, I'll send it over because I'm really interested whether they were paying tribute to that character on the album or vice versa, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm looking at it now. It does look like there's a couple of popes and Thomas, Thomas More kind of people floating in that river of blood. Um, and the guy at the very front uh, looks, I don't know if you, you guys must know Prince Charles, the, the, the English heir. Yeah. yeah. I always think he looks like him. And I said that to Kerry King and he doesn't know about it. But uh, the guy who has the kind of boner at the front, uh, he, lo- he looks like um, 
<laughs> looks like the heir apparent. So there you go. <laughs> it does. It, it, I, I, to be honest, I'd, I'd, I'd never, I'd never actually thought of that. But now you mention it, Joel. Yeah, that's that's quite frightening. Really I'm, I thought that I thought that cover was scary before. Now I'm fucking terrified. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so thanks for that. Well, look, guys, I don't want to keep you any longer than I have. Um, it's been it's been an absolute pleasure. I really, really appreciate you all taking the time. But before you go, I have, um, I have a favour to ask. Um, and somebody hinted at so, yeah, somebody hinted at it earlier when I think they were tapping their desk um, in the um, uh, in, in, in the in the beat to um, uh, Rain and Blood. Blood. Yeah, yeah. So what I'd like what I'd like for all of us to do is basically now do an a cappella version <laughs> of um, of Rain and Blood. So whoever whoever was banging the desk. Now are we doing the, the riff after the beats? No, no, well? no, 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 because that that. Like, can, can we all tap the beats and then we all acapella? But anyway, that, that, no, no, no. Well, I, uh, I think if it takes us two hours to get this right, we'll do this. To, 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 this is heavy metal scholarship. Yeah, and, and, and to be and to be fair, to be fair, Joel, if if we haven't made ourselves look stupid yet, then I'd I'd be fucking amazed. I've been trying hard enough. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It's an international male chorus of metal. Here we go. Yeah, right. Okay. Joel, godless. I don't know why you got into the business, but it it was for this moment. Here. <laughs> <laughs> like, like Dark Angel said, we have arrived. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So. Um, um, I'm I'm gonna count as well. Uh, count us in here. One, two. Yeah, go, game. Okay. Just go for it. Go for it. Easing up. Right. Go for it. Oh. <laughs> no. It sounds like you're knocking. You're right. Hang on. I'm gonna count you in here. Okay. I I I think that was absolutely absolutely perfect, guys. I really do. Um, uh, look, I, I, funnily enough, I, I think my um, I think my uh, laptop actually objected to that and st- and, and froze during what during that. But um, I've got most internet. Yeah, I've got most of it. We br- we broke the internet. Yes, we are very we we, we are very much uh, Kanye West. Um, <laughs> So look, guys, once again, thank you very much. Really appreciate you all coming on. It's been an absolute blast. Let's do it again when it's the 60-year anniversary of, um, of Rain and Blood. Hey, Joel, <laughs> what is your website? Uh, and you can find me on Twitter and Facebook and all the usual uh, bullshit. Um, and DX, if you'd like to do your plugs? Uh, Slayerbio.com. Slayerbio.com. Get to my Slayer shit. Excellent. And uh, and Godless, everybody can get you at? Uh, Metalsucks.net, uh, Facebook, and Twitter at Godless Speaks. There you go. That's and you all Howard, know... have you updated the listeners on your album lately? Or um, uh, No, because we, um, we, we don't fucking... Give us some scoop, man. Yeah, I... It... We're, we're we still we're, we're still year, we're we? still writing, so um, it's going to be end of next year at the earliest. But but thank you very you much for asking. Give us a bullshit quote about how it's your heaviest but fastest, but yeah, most yeah, yeah. lot. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, everyone's <laughs> telling everyone is telling us that it's our best stuff yet, despite the fact yeah. we have we haven't written it yet. But everyone is telling us that it's our it's our best stuff yet. And, and you, you know, have to say you have to say we're doing this for us. And if anybody else likes it, it's a bonus. Well, I, what I want, I I want that interview. I want it to be Rob Flynn, especially where. He comes out and just goes, yeah, this new album, it's really, um, well, it's, it's, it's average, if I'm honest, you know, it's probably, <laughs> it's not it's not as good as the last two albums, we've hit a bit of a dodgy patch, and, um, you know, this could finish us, basically, uh, this could be the end of our career, I want to see that interview. Yeah, whoever says that, I'll buy that album on general. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely.
amazing books about Slayer. It's why I'm able to fake my way through stuff like this. Buy <laughs> yeah, them all. Because I run, buy them. Yeah. If you buy one, you have to buy them all. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, to quote the late, great David Lee Roth, the late, great David Lee Roth, to quote the immortal. <laughs> <laughs> He's just killed not David Lee Roth. To, not instead. DX Ferris just killed David Lee Roth. No, 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 no. no. Sorry, I apologize, Mr. <laughs> greatest moment of podcast that was the greatest moment of podcasting ever that slayer tune that was <laughs> fucking no amazing ever, anyone ever doing anymore it's no been done. that's never going to be done anyway guys say about metal. it's all been done all right <laughs> thank you now, everyone thanks thank a lot guys. see you later guys see cheers ya. bye and there you have it um we had a real laugh i hope you enjoyed listening to that um a, a little bit bitty at the at the end there with with dropouts and and quite obvious kind of chunky edits i'm sorry about that um really not sure what happened there it, to be honest do you know what it would have actually been nice to have the um the, the rain in blood acapella version on there because that it, it was fucking terrible but but <laughs> i mean four four blokes way old enough to know better trying trying to be in time with each other and it was terrible it was it was one of the worst things you've ever heard but still somehow i wish i'd captured it just purely just purely to be able to blackmail blackmail the other three um anytime i like so anyway look um thank you very much for listening i hope you really enjoyed that um there's nothing to add really what an album and this is the only way to go out.